What's happening, man? Today we've got Dan Mears on uh, Between the Fur, and it's a pleasure to have him on here. Dan Mears is KC Wolf for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, just uh, welcome, Dan. Hey, great to be with you today. Appreciate you having me on. Right on. This is a real pleasure and uh, a real honor here. So, uh, hey, before we get going here, let's cue the intro. Welcome to another edition of Between the Fur. I'm your host, Ken, and it's Mascot Talk. Between the Fur. I am, like I said, really excited to have you on here. You're the first NFL mascot. That, uh, hey, it, on my it's podcast. a privilege to be. It's a privilege to be invited to be a part of this, being an NFL mascot. I know you NBA guys. You do like forty games a year, and us NFL guys, we only do about ten home games a year. So, uh, <laughs> I know you guys don't even consider us real mascots, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate we just to be on. <laughs> oh well, it's a real pleasure, and uh, I'm so glad to have you on as uh, as the first NFL mascot. In fact, I've I've actually sent the invitation out. I've reached out to uh, the Broncos mascot Miles, but. Uh, <laughs> Maybe maybe this will loosen him up a little bit to get on here. <laughs> so, this will prime the pump. But, I, but uh, yeah, I really am uh, I'm happy to have you on here. And, by the way, yes, we do about 42 games a year without playoffs. Uh, but that just means that, uh, gosh, we just have to – it takes more to prove ourselves, I guess. That's right. Hey, I tell you what, I used to do professional baseball. I used to work for the St. Louis Cardinals many, many moons ago. And uh, as you know, in baseball, they play 81 home games a year. So when I got the opportunity to jump to the NFL, I didn't have to think too hard about that switch. No, you you very quickly learned, hey, there's there's a better way. That's right. <laughs> I love it. And uh you know, by by paying your dues there, I think uh, I think you earned that. Uh, even you know, as many seasons as you did, I don't know if it was that many, but uh, heck, whatever it was, you you earned a spot in the NFL. Then, yeah, I tell you what, you don't have to do too many seasons in baseball to realize that uh, switch to football is a good deal. So, yeah, you know, Dan and I, um, we have actually been in the biz about the same exact time, like like. I think we started the same season. I don't know when you started exactly, but uh, I did it in college for four years. But I finally started to get paid for doing this. And uh, I started in uh, June of 1990 with the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, that's how long I've been doing it in the NFL. And before that, I was with St. Louis Cardinals for just one season. And so, wow. But yeah, wow. college, they didn't pay anything. Now you actually make a paycheck to do it. And I'll be honest, I like making a paycheck to do it a lot better than I like doing it for free. So, <laughs> Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I, started in high, I started in high school, then college. Yeah, yeah. I actually started in 1982 in my junior year of high school and then uh, went to uh, uh, junior college at Ricks College in uh, Idaho and then uh, and then went to Utah state and then, uh, yeah. And then, uh, I am where I am now <clears throat> in high ahead, school. I still thought I was an athlete at that point. So I played baseball, <laughs> basketball, and football. 
And honestly, I say I played, but I didn't. I was a three-sport bench warmer. I sat on the bench in baseball, basketball, and football. And then when I got <laughs> to college, I realized there ain't no way I'm good enough to play at this level. And so one day I was sitting there reading the school newspaper, and there was this little uh, article that said they were going to have tryouts to be Truman the Tiger. I went to the University of Missouri, and I thought, well, you know what? That sounds kind of interesting, so maybe I'll just go ahead and you know, at least go to this informational meeting. So I didn't have anything to do. So I went and sat in this informational meeting. And then one of my buddies, he's like, you ought to try out for that. And I'm like, okay, what the heck? I'll, I'll give it a shot. Just kind of a wild hair. Well, sure enough, I got the job. And for four years, I ran around, you know, as you know, doing college football and basketball and other sporting events, and then just did all kinds of community relations events. And plus I was getting to travel all over the United States uh, doing these these things and and just had a great time doing it. And then when I graduated, you know, I kind of had, uh, believe it or not, I've got a, I've got two degrees. I've got a degree in journalism. I've got another one in communication. And so I had my my human resume and my mascot resume. And apparently, my mascot resume looked a little better because that's what I've done ever <laughs> since I graduated from college. So it's been a fun journey. Oh, oh my goodness! You know, I was doing journalism and I was getting towards the end of my journalism degree, and I'm like, you know what? I do not want to do this for the rest of my life. You know, a lot of journalists seem to be pretty high stressed and you know, always out trying to meet a deadline and eating fast food. And I'm like, that's just not the way I'm wired. And so I'm like, well, that, I could get a communication degree with just a few other classes. And, you know, as you know, the communication degree, you can you can do a whole lot of stuff with a communication degree. That That's kind of the catch-all degree. Right. And so I went ahead and stuck around for a little bit longer, got my degree in uh, communication and uh, yeah, now I, yeah, I use that degree a lot. It both I do a lot of nonverbal communication as mascot, but I also do a lot of uh, public speaking too. And so it's uh, it's worked out great for me. I'm a I'm a blessed man. I tell people, you are, you are. Dan really has had a a great career. Not only he's got a, a great family. Uh, I always refer to Dan as a good old boy. He's just just. <laughs> that uh, you just can sit and, and feel real comfortable about and be yourself around. But yet you are a, a top performer that puts a lot of uh, detail work and a lot of thought in what you do. And, and yet you make a big splash as if you're just wild and crazy. So, yeah, I, I love what you do. You're a true performer. Well, I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love what I do. You know, and that's where I, I tell people I feel like such a blessed man because I just, uh, you know, the longer I do this, the more I just realized I was wired to do this. It's just fun. And every day, as you know, the best part of this job is the people you meet. I mean, I'm, a, I'm definitely a people person and I just enjoy going out and meeting people and, and, uh, and you know, get to hang out with kids and you know, it's, uh, I, I realize it's a platform, you know, I think that's one of the things that uh, I've tried to use it as, as a platform to make a positive impact in this world that I live in, put smiles on people's faces. And, you know, I, I once read that if you ask a man his occupation, all you're going to do is you're going to find out how he pays his bills. But if you ask a man his preoccupation, then you discover the passion of his life. Well, my occupation is just like you, Ken. I pay my bills running around in a costume acting like a nut. But my preoccupation, what I'm truly passionate about in life, 
are simply three things, and that's my faith, my family, and using my life to make a positive impact in this world that I live in. And, you know, as a mascot, it's it's great because every day we get the opportunity to um, hopefully put some smiles on people's faces and just get to interact with people at, you know, birthday parties and wedding receptions and hospital visits and nursing homes and parades and all kinds of charity work. And that, you know, ultimately that's the most rewarding part of this job. I, yeah, I love doing football games and sporting events like everybody else does. But at the end of the day, what truly, um, when I lay my head on a pillow at night and uh, drift off to sleep, the rewarding part of the job is knowing that, you know, hopefully I made somebody's day just a little bit brighter today because of what I did. Well, I think that is the best approach to all this and very well put because, you know, one of the reasons why I, I'm doing this podcast is to get people um, a, a, just a glimpse of what goes on behind the scenes. Most people <laughs> see us at games, you know, right. and they think that that's they, they think that's what we do or, uh, you know, at, at some point, you know, they think I, I, I think a ton of people think, oh, it's just some guy that they, you know, they they give free beers to, you know, right. to run out there. And, you know, but no, this is how we pay our bills. But yet it's also it's how we uh, express ourselves and, and, and get to impact people and get to uh, make an influence. And, and, and you know, I, I love how you put that because I, I've I've felt that so many ways in so many ways. And. Just the, well, the outside I think stuff that be, we get to do. Yeah, and I think you you got to be passionate about what you do, too. And know, Because I'll tell you what, when, when you do a preseason football game and it's 95 degrees and you're going into the fourth quarter, and you better be passionate about what you do because at that point, you're, you're not doing it for a paycheck at that point. You know, it's, uh, you know, there are a little bit – it is funny because – I have, I have people come up to me all the time, especially, you know, during the December in Kansas City at the football games and you're headed into the playoffs. and Everybody's like, oh, man, you got the best job in the world. Well, you know what? Nobody ever says that to me in August when it's 95 degrees outside <laughs> and, and everybody's about to die and I'm running around in a furry suit. There's very few people come up and say, boy, I sure wish I was in your shoes today. So, yeah, I think you, <laughs> well, you just got to be passionate about what you do and love what you do, and that makes all the difference. Exactly. And, you know, it's also um, – you, you've also set a standard for yourself too. When you're out there and it's 100 degrees and, and you're, you yep. know, you're, you're sweating and, and uh, in front of the crowd, you're still not slowing down though either. You oh, know, you yeah. set a bar for yourself <laughs> – and everybody expects a performer. I did a parade the other day uh, downtown, and, and and they were saying, yeah, it was going to be a two-and-a-half-hour parade. Yeah. And, and I'm like, uh, I don't think you understand that I, I I will not last that long. I don't think anybody can last that long. And I had to actually explain to um, the people setting this up and my own organization. I said, you know what? You don't understand. If this is that long of a parade, um, I, I have – I have literally like 30 seconds with everybody as I go by, you know, right. So I'm going to be climbing up on the float. I'm going to be dropping down. I'm going to be high-fiving. I'm going to be running. I'm going to be jumping back up. I'm going to be dancing on the float. I'm going to, I, I go a hundred miles an hour. That's how yeah. I perform. That's how, right. you know, that's what people have come to expect from me. That's why I want you know, that's why I'm considered one of the best. And so, Hey, 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 right. you got to understand 
if, if I'm going to, I'm either going to be performing at a high level or I'm not going to be seen. So right. that's, you know, for me, but you, you've got, you know, that's, that's what your games are sometimes is out in, out in the elements and, right. and oh, I don't know how you guys do it. Well, it's, it's funny you said that because I, I did the uh, uh, Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. Oh, it's probably been 10, 15 years ago, something like that. And that is a long, long parade because you got to get there early just because the number of floats in the parade. And so they had us get dressed up, you know, we're dressed easily an hour before the parade ever started. And then that parade's probably, you know, it's close to like three hours long. So I'm sitting here in this parade. And of course, it's November, which helped because it was cooler weather up in New York. But at the same time, you got to stay hydrated. But if you get too hydrated, <laughs> then you've got the opposite problem. <laughs> then you're standing there and you're like, man, I'm about to wet myself. And you still got another two hours in a costume. So, so yeah, it's funny because that's the kind of stuff that people don't think about. But it's they don't understand. You, you've got to think about it because, okay, I can go get hydrated up, but I'm going to be sitting there trying to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half hours so, there's no way you can like you know duck down an alley real quick or, right uh, you know or... <laughs> yeah so it, it uh, is funny though that you said that about how you know a lot of people don't understand what goes on behind the scenes because you know i think they they do they get to see the fun stuff we do and and i'm not gonna lie it's fun I, i'm like i said i know that what i do is is fun and a lot of people would love to do it but what they don't see is me sitting on a stationary bike down in my basement pedaling for, you know, 25 miles just to, you know, for endurance purposes and trying to exactly. stay in shape. And as you know, I can say this to you because, like I said, you're an old guy just like I am at this point when it comes to the mascot business. And it does not get easier, you know. <laughs> it does there's not. A reason, there's a reason a lot of these uh, football players, uh, you know, you don't see many, many of them in their 40s. And I'm in my 50s now, and there's definitely not a lot of uh, athletes in their 50s that are still doing professional work. So, yeah, that's very true. I, st- I have to work out constantly. I actually was in a routine there for, um, gosh, quite a while until uh, last year. I skipped last year. But I every every what I got into a routine was um, I would – I would do a marathon um, one year. So I'd mm-hmm. train all summer long for a marathon in the fall. And then, right. uh, of course, the season keeps me in shape. And then right. the next uh, the next spring, and the, so in other words, the next off season, uh, I would do lifting. I would, you know, try and bulk up a little bit more and everything. And then the right. next year, so every other year I'd do a uh, a different routine. So. Right. Um, but but yeah, people don't realize that we got to keep in shape. I do get a compliment every once in a while. Man, you're the best athlete out there on the court. <laughs> so I'm like, well, oh, thank you. Thank you. If you only knew that it was this uh, little old uh, white guy that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that is so funny. So, yeah. yeah so what, but, sometimes, you know, I, everything I do is for endurance purposes. Um, you know, I don't have to do a lot of short sprints, but I got to be able to dance and dance for long periods of time at football games. And so I do a lot of stationary biking. Well, that gets kind of boring after a while. So I'd do, I'd do the same thing. I'd start training for things. So you've got like a goal. So yeah. like two, 
two summers ago, my brother and I did this bike across Kansas. And I don't know if you've ever driven across Kansas, but it's a pretty good little stretch of highway there. So and well, we pretty flat. These, yeah. And so we did these uh, back roads, and, and it was an organized thing. There's probably 450, 500 riders in this, but it was a seven-day event. We, I think we pedaled like 547 miles or something, some crazy amount of miles. And, that gets a little hard on the rear end after a few days, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it it was fun and definitely kept me in shape and got me ready for the the next football season. So, Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. It's great to have a goal. And that's what I learned with this marathon thing that I've been doing, but, um, (laughs) you know, you, you touched on a point that I want to come back to about, uh, you know, you, you have, you do speaking engagements and you do school, uh, things where you speak, as yes. you and so i i gotta ask you what what's up with that so most mascots keep their identity <laughs> secret until they right. uh, you know until they're out of costume or whatever but you've been able to pull this off to where people know about you how and uh, how did that happen and what i mean what's well, the, the, the groundwork the, definitely that? definitely a backstory on that too you know when i graduated from um from college, I'd grown up near St. Louis, Missouri, in the same town called St. Charles, Missouri. And um, I was actually uh, working for for the St. Louis Cardinals as their character called Fred Bird. And uh, I was kind of doing it, uh, me and another guy were kind of splitting the responsibilities there. And uh, I also was offered a job with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I'd been, you know, uh, my, like you said, my faith's very important to me. And so I'd been offered a position with them working with high school kids. And and so uh, out of the blue, I get this call from the Kansas City Chiefs said they were going to start up this new mascot program called KC Wolf and was wondering if I was interested. And honestly, St. Louis is kind of where I all my friends were, my family were in that area. And so I was just kind of, that's kind of my comfort zone, to be honest with you. But I thought, you know, this just kind of came out of the blue. And I thought, well, I'll at least go over and interview with the chiefs because I've already got a job. So it's not like I need a job. So so when I went to that interview, I was probably a little more bold than I would have been (laughs) if I didn't have a job. And so I told them, because I was intrigued, I was just very impressed with the Chiefs organization, but I told them, I I said, hey, if I I take this position, I want to be able to use this platform as a mascot to to make an impact in the lives of young people, because I I just have a a heart for young people, and just, uh, so I told them I want to be able to go out, and, and I'd done a little bit in college where someone would find out that you're the mascot. And they're like, hey, can you just come out and speak to my class? And I'd done that several times, not with the costume, but I just went out and kind of showed them videos of what I did and some pictures, and the kids were just really interested in it. And Plus, it gave me a great opportunity then to, you know, just kind of um, encourage them to make good choices and, you know, in life. And uh, so when I went with the chief or when I talked to the chiefs, I said, hey, I want to be able to use this to go out and speak at schools. And and I know that's kind of the big no, no in the mascot business, not to be seen with your costume, you know, off. And uh, but we started to do a couple of these just kind of kind of a test run where I'd go speak at a school and then. I I would actually take the take my hand out, then I'd pop my head off and introduce myself to the kids, 
show a short video, talk to them. And then we even got to a point where I'd I'd show them the costume, but then I'd have one of the kids come up and try the costume on. And which was, uh, you know, I'm sure that's a huge mistake in the mascot business at the time. (laughs) It's kind of an unwritten rule. What are you doing? Yeah, Yeah. it it truly. So I was probably the black sheep when I first came into the, the industry, just breaking every rule. And uh, but it went over so well here in Kansas City. And it's like you said, some markets it may not go over well in, but in Kansas City, I mean, it just caught fire. And we started. Um, I was doing over a hundred school shows a year, where I'd go out and speak to kids. Started with a lot of say no to drug programs, and then that led to a character education program. And now I do a bully program and a fitness nutrition program, a reading program. We've got a test taking program. So we've got, at this point, we've probably got seven, eight different programs. Plus I speak at churches and, and then got to a point where I started doing nursing home programs because what I come to find out is that uh, people are just kids in an adult body half the time. So I don't care if you're, you're five years old, if you're 50 years old, or if you're a hundred years old, you know, mascots, uh, you can entertain all those ages. And well, it all... transcends any age. Yes. And everybody's interested. Yeah. And plus, and then if you're, and then as you're, as a speaker, you come up with a good program, something you don't want to, the last thing you want to do is take your costume off and then stand there and be boring because they're going to be like, right. oh, this is terrible. So you, you got to have a, a program that, that are, is going to be interesting to people or depending on what age group they are. And so, and, you know, it's, uh, it's gone over very well. I've done, I was trying to add that up the other day. I have done over 3,000 school programs where I stand up and talk to kids or uh, high school kids. Or uh, I started with elementary kids. And then one time I get a call from a principal said, hey, we'd, we'd love to have you speak at our high school graduation. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. That's the last thing <laughs> I want to do is talk to high school kids because that's a that's a whole new breed right there. And so, right. but I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So I went and did it and just got great feedback on it. And then, of course, anytime you speak, you can you take what you said and you know where you can tweak it to make it better. And so my career has basically been doing programs and just keep tweaking them as they go along. And it's like I said, I've probably, I've probably spoke to over, I'm sure I've given over 5,000 talks in my life easily. God, that is and I still, still do them. Not only at the schools, but um, as you probably know, I got hurt here about five and a half years ago doing a little stunt at Arrowhead and uh, was out of, out of work for about six or off work for about six months doing therapy and rehab. And during that time, I wrote a book uh, about my career as a mascot. And the, the funny thing about writing a book is people think you're smarter than you really are. So even if you're a mascot, if you write a book, people think you're smart all of a sudden. And so it's <laughs> kind of funny. So you not only become a speaker, then you become an author and a speaker and uh, which apparently gives you more credibility. And so now I get opportunities to go out and I do a lot of corporate speaking as well, where I go in and I, the program I do a lot is called Courageous Leadership, Living a Life of Influence. But I, I, it's funny, I just got back from Utah. I was in Price, Utah and Vernal, Utah, uh, just this past week speaking at uh, two hospitals out there. 
at, uh, to their employees, to their doctors and nurses and physical therapists and hospital staff. And it's just fun because you get to meet so many just super nice people. And, uh, and then my, my message is basically, you know, that, uh, my, and my parents taught me this growing up. They said that your life is like your finances. You can do one of two things with your money. You can spend it or you can invest it. Money you spend, you never see that again. But money you invest, that's wise. That's going to multiply and return to you. If you think about it, you know, Ken, we do the same thing with our lives. You're either going to spend your life or you're going to invest it. A life that's just spent selfishly on yourself, you know, that's wasted. Huh? But a life that's invested in helping others, encouraging others, influencing others, uh, that right there is going to bear fruit for a long, long time. And so that's the... Uh, my message to people in a nutshell is to live, take your life and invest it, you know, learn to look for opportunities to be a blessing in the lives of others. And, you know, there's so many hurting people in this world. And, you know, we've, we've all got issues. I've got issues. You've got issues. And I tell people, if, if you don't think you got issues, that's when you really got issues at that point. And so, <laughs> so true. But we, we got opportunity every day just to go out and it's, just, and it's the little things. It's the smile or just, you know, greeting someone and just being polite and kind and just doing the little things that uh, make a huge difference and, you know, make this world a better place for each of us to live. So, so that's kind of what I try to do is try to use this crazy platform that the Lord's given me and go out and, hopefully bless a lot of people, uh, not only when I'm in costume, but also when I'm out of costume and speaking as well. So, Well, I commend you for right off the bat going into the Chiefs uh, with the proposal that you, you know, or the, the request that you be able to, to, to use this. And I think that was so brilliant. I, <laughs> I, gosh, you know, I wish I would have thought of that. And at the same time, you know, I was thinking, you know, keep the keep the purity of the of the right. You know, but um, but you know, over the years, I, I've had some opportunities like that as well, and how uh, how it has um, turned out is just beyond what I ever imagined. And you know, I've 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 done some speaking as well, and so right. You know, I when you say you've been blessed, I totally, totally agree. You, mm-hmm. you have been blessed. I've been blessed and with this, with this great opportunity. It's, um, and, you know, and I encourage everyone to, to really take note to what he just said about serving others. Um, you know, because it's, it's, uh, it really truly is the, uh, the true, um, ingredient to happiness. So it's a, it's a rewarding way to live. I tell people um, that all the time when I go speak to, to groups, you know what I I wrote that book. One of the one of the I made up my mind that all the money we'd make off book sales, I go speak. I, I all the money we make off of book sales, uh, I give it away to charities and orphanages. I work with a lot of orphans world, and honestly, that is the most rewarding part of my job. Is I've uh, this summer I've already or this year I've been to India back in March orphanages and a leper colony in India and then uh, I just got back here about uh, less than a month ago I had my wife and my kids got to join me on this trip but I went to Tanzania Africa and worked with a school that was just out in the middle of nowhere and uh, just had a great time out there and and what's funny is in this little village we worked at uh, they've never seen white people before 
And so if they'd never seen white people, you know they'd never seen a mascot before. And so whenever I go to these orphanages, I always bring my costume along with me. And it's just so much fun to watch the, the, the smiles on their faces. You know, it takes them a while at first. They're like, what is this? But then, you know, kids are kids in any, I don't care what language they speak. I can communicate with kids in any language if I'm in a costume. Once the costume comes off, then I need an interpreter in a hurry. But yeah, we've, um, I've been to Haiti with the costumed orphanage there, been to the Philippines, been to India, been to Africa, been to the Dominican Republic. And so that's, uh, that's what, that's what uh, I'm passionate about right there is just trying to give back to those who are, um, who are less fortunate. And I'm a blessed man and I just need to be sharing those blessings with others. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to, uh, I was going to read or I was going to ask you about that. Because uh, I, I really do think that's amazing. Honestly, yeah, you guys check out this book. Um, it's uh, and, and you can check him out on on his. Uh, he's got a website. You can order it right from there, right? Yes. Okay. So, awesome. Yeah. Tell everybody what that uh, website is. That's called danmears.org. Danmears.org and Mears is spelled M E E R S. My first book was about my um accident i i did a bungee jump that didn't work out very well so the first title of my first book is called wolves can't fly and i Since love that, that title. Proved that wolves cannot fly so if you <laughs> if you look and you see that title you know what that's all about that's all about uh, my bungee jump that did not work out very well and then um but i'm in the process of writing a second book right now and i honestly i don't like writing a whole lot some people might enjoy it but i really don't i kind of like writing books, like I like painting my house. The only thing I like is when it's done. But uh, <laughs> it's, give you a quick story. I was just last year, I spoke at a school in a little town called Carthage, Missouri. It was called Mark Twain Elementary. And I pulled up to the school and I noticed on the fence, they had a big sign and it said celebrating a hundred years. So they were, it was their hundredth anniversary as a school. And I thought, man, that's kind of cool. There's not many schools that are a hundred years old, right? And so I went into this elementary school, met the principal. The principal had been there for 51 years. What? She she had been there for over half of the time the school was even. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, the school's not so impressive anymore. All of a sudden, this principal is the impressive. And so just a story about, a little story about her. And I mean, she's walking around with a cane, but the kids just loved her. And you can tell that she was just making a, huge impact in the kids lives and had been for generations in that town but it's just stories like that where i meet so many just great people that have just uh, and i realize that you know that all these people i'm meeting they're just they're just kind they're thoughtful they're just salt of the earth kind of folks and and uh i um i'm just blessed to be able to meet people like that so well i heard a quote by you um, that was very impactful for me. You said uh, your your mother taught you or your parents taught you that uh, you can either, um, and I think this was your parents or whatever, but uh, anyways, right. your quote was, um, you can either in this world make money or make an impact. Yep. And um, so I, uh, it's, believe, it's, I it's very that. clear you're making an impact. <laughs> I hope, I hope I am. That's my, that's my goal each day is that, uh, I believe that uh, I think my 
Mom's one that said, God didn't put you on earth to make a living. He put you here to make an impact. And that's so that's tried, what it was. Yes. Tried yeah. to live that out each day. And, you know, I've, it's uh, it's a challenge. I've got my challenges like everybody else. You know, I, I tell people I still live with pain from my accident that happened five and a half years ago. And I don't know if you ever live with pain. That's no fun. You don't get a vacation from it. So nope. I I feel best when I'm active. So if you see me out running around at a Chiefs game, I feel a whole lot better than if I just sit around. Because when I just sit around, everything, you know, tightens up and hurts again. But um, I tell people every morning when I wake up, I get to make a choice. And and you get to make the same choice. But when I roll out of bed, I realize I can rise and shine or I can rise and whine. And I don't want to be a whiner because whiners do not make a positive impact in this world that we live in. So. No, they do not. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I speaking of that injury, uh, I, I have some, I had something similar, uh, although it did not have a lasting effect, but I, mm-hmm. it, the similarity is that, um, gosh, you've got a lot of pub and uh, <laughs> un- unfortunately and fortunately at the same time, depending on the way right. you look at it, you know, right. that's probably the one thing that, <laughs> A lot of people came to be aware of you or right. you're known for or whatever uh, in a lot of people's minds. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I had uh, a little mishap where uh, I was rappelling out of the ceiling and uh, <laughs> I got uh, I-, I came down passed out. And if, <laughs> yep. if they look up on YouTube, if they look up, you know, my character and I'm not going to say it, but. Um, if they look at it, it's the first thing that pops up on YouTube, you oh, yeah. know, and, 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 oh my gosh, I don't know how many millions of views that thing has at this point, but it's, it's literally my character looking like he's been hung and being lowered down and then crumples onto the floor, just like melts onto the floor, just lays there right in front of 20,000 people. And of course it just exploded, went viral and all this stuff. And uh, I'm glad you brought that story up because I wasn't sure if I was supposed to mention that on this podcast or not. Oh, you can't. I'm I'm just, I just don't mention who I am, but I'll tell you what happened. I'm just going to clear the air here. Okay. So, so uh, there are so many comments like, man, he just got too drunk or he's afraid of heights or, I, I mean, the list goes on and on. And it, oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of makes me pull my hair out a little bit. But this is the real story. I'm going to clear the air here. Okay. I'm, this is the first opportunity I've had to speak about it at all. So here it is. So what happened was uh, we practiced this and it was all fine and everything. And I have a jacket. Okay. So, uh, um, so I zipped the jacket all the way up. Well, for this type of uh, repel and stunt or whatever the, the the harness that i had was underneath my costume okay so just clipping in through my collar right. like 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 at the top of my collar they were just clipping into me up there so um but right before the game they said hey you need to do the game ball delivery i'm like well i'm supposed to be hooking up at that point i'm like can you you know can you just speed that up I'm just like, run. Uh, yeah yeah okay okay so we worked it out so i go out do the game ball delivery run back to my dressing room switch out my jacket because i had a different jacket that i wanted to wear for the rappel and by the way i'm not rappelling okay i'm actually being lowered so 
um, we're not allowed to uh, in the NBA. We're not allowed to repel anymore by our own, you know, so right. we have to be lowered in. Okay. So yeah. anyways, so at this point I run back, switch out my jacket, zip it up all the way up. And like I do all the time, get in the elevator, <laughs> run up, get to the catwalk, run across the catwalk, get over there. That stage, the, the riggers are there to clip me in and get me all set. I'm also throwing on a harness that I had around my waist to carry this the, the pack that uh, was supposed to shoot CO2. Right. Okay. And, and it was for the effect or whatever. Well, <laughs> I get up there. I'm, I'm clipping this on. They're clipping in through my, uh, through my, you know, uh, through my collar. And then uh, it's go time at that point. Right. There's no time to check. There's no, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, they say, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs up. Okay, good, good, good. Step out on the beam and go. Okay. It's, it's go time. Step out there <laughs> on cue. I let go. I, I stepped off the beam and all of a sudden I realized I did not unzip my jacket a little bit. <laughs> now, all it was, was my jacket. Uh, being pulled against the front of my neck right because the rope coming out of the back of my collar okay so i painted that picture well at that point all i can feel is the is the zipper just cutting in my neck yeah and i'm like ow <laughs> ow that hurts and this is what i'm thinking okay so this is how fast i went out it was like a mma chokehold but <laughs> i i had this thing cutting into my neck i'm like ow ow that hurts Wow, man, that really hurts. I can't wait to get down. And that's it. I was out. That's all you remember. That's huh? all I remember. I was out at that point. So then they lower me to my high trim. I'm still out. The high trim is where I, I sit and wait until the cues to drop in. Right. So I'm out during that whole part, waiting, waiting, waiting. All of a sudden, it's my cue. I get hit with the spotlight. I am out and I'm getting lowered in looking like I'm dead. It was awful. So I get down to the bottom and uh, all, all, it was crazy. Like I heard voices from really, really far away. Are you okay? Are you, you know, and it's really faint. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I just got louder and louder and louder. And all of a sudden, Man, I opened my eyes and it was loud and it was, just, you know, somebody <laughs> screaming in my ear. Are you okay? Screaming my name and everything. And I'm like, what the? And then I just rolled my eyes like, oh, crap. I know what just happened. And I jumped up and I, I, uh, I slapped the guy on the back like, you know, the guy that was there yelling in my ear. I, right. And I'm like, yep, I'm okay. I'll, uh, I'll be going now. <laughs> and I just ran out, ran out the tunnel and everything. And, I've got a crowd of people, you know, rushing after me, everybody right. from EMTs to uh, people in suits <laughs> to the police and everything, trying to grab me and sit me down. And, and uh, they got me in the back hallway and took my head off or I took my head off. And, and uh, they're like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, I, look, that thing just choked me. I just got choked. It's all good. And uh, oh, of course it was, uh, oh, I got to tell you this. Um, so my sons were there. And my wife, my new right. wife, actually, um, <laughs> and uh, 
So she didn't really know what was going on. My youngest son is texting her, hey, uh, you might want to come back here. And uh, so she's making her way back. My middle son, he comes running up and I've got, there's police literally like holding people back. Like, like got, they've got their arms out. You know, sorry, folks, you can't come down the hallway. Right. You know, sorry, you know, whatever. And uh, all of a sudden, there's my son coming right up to the policeman, pushing the policeman's hand down. That's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so it was mayhem all of a sudden. And, that is uh, great. Yeah. So uh, then we end up in my uh, my room and it's, you know, hey, are you OK? Yes, I'm OK. I can finish out the rest of the game. I was ready to go. Uh, and our safety risk and safety guy is there saying, nope. We cannot have you. You're not going back out until we get you checked out by a doctor. And I'm like, get the doctor in here. Let's go. No, no, no. You need to be fully examined and x-rays and blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay. Well, right then, <laughs> my uh, my middle son, he cut, he kind I uh, see him out of the corner of my eye, like kind of raising his hand and kind of walking across the room. Like, hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll finish out the game. <laughs> I point over to him like, settle down settle down <laughs> you know, no you're not so anyways but yeah awesome. I, they're like well you're done for the night so anyways yeah i i yeah uh, i took off yeah. but uh man nothing <laughs> nothing like your accident and i i don't oh. really even act like i'm comparing here but you know just what's a funny, funny story and a great opportunity for me to clear the air there you go and it's uh you know it's it's funny it's it's really hard to embarrass yourself in a mascot costume but I've had situations like that where I'm in a costume thinking, oh, this is kind of embarrassing and I'm covered up. <laughs> <laughs> Your face is turning red. And it's like, like, why? I No one can even see me. Oh, yep. Been there, done that. Not that exactly. But yeah, several times where things didn't go as planned. And I'm thinking, okay, that's not what I had planned for this. This was. <laughs> yeah, that went sideways fast. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, you know, I'm uh, glad you're okay. I'm glad uh, yeah, it wasn't dude. more serious than uh, than it was for you. Uh, but what a what a scare! Yeah, it, uh, it definitely. And it, and the good thing is that uh, you know one of the things that uh, when you have a, a situation like that that happens and you realize you know what I could have lost my life pretty easily right there because I fell about approximately seventy to seventy five feet and uh, hit the seats in the upper level of Arrowhead Stadium and. I, I had my physician that night, the doctor, he, he said, Mr. Mears, he said, I hope you realize tonight that you're a very lucky man. He said, if you fell 75 feet, he said, number one, you're lucky to still be alive. He said, number two, you are extremely lucky that you're not paralyzed right now. And, you know, that night laying in that hospital bed, I thought that I spent ended up spending nine days in the hospital. And I got a lot of time just to lay there and think about what the doctor said and about you know, life and thought a whole lot about how I was choosing to live my life each and every day. And, you know, things like that will focus you in a big hurry as to what's truly important in life. And it's not always wins and losses. Yeah, those are important when you're in professional sports. But you know what, at the end of the day, like I said, for me personally, it's my faith, my family, and just using this platform I've been given to hopefully make a positive impact in this world. So, well, as we've said many times, you have been very blessed, and and uh, you've been blessed to even have that opportunity too, to yeah. to get that uh, that clarity, and and you know, you know and, and walk too, away from it. Yeah, you've done this long enough to know that there are a lot of people around me that make me look good. You know, 
I can't sit here and take all the credit for for the uh, success of the Casey Wolf program because I have had a lot of people, everybody from the video department that make this the videos look good to uh, my costume designers that make outfits for my costume and just I've got a whole lot of people that that make me look good and 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 I'm blessed to just to work for an organization that is supportive of what I do. I mean, I don't just say that about the Chiefs because they give me a check twice a month, but they they truly are uh, a great organization and team to work for because they're they're always looking for ways to give back in the community and they do a lot with different charities and organizations and and they've been just very supportive of my work with these orphanages all over the world and so it's um, you know it's a good fit I, I like them a whole lot and I, I think after 30 years I, I think they might like me just a little bit as well so it's uh, <laughs> I love I love the team I work for and, and uh, just thankful to be a part of it so that's great it's great to hear you speak well of them as well because uh, it, it very well could be uh, the opposite and you yeah. but you know uh, it says a lot for you, a lot for them. If you guys can work together that long, a lot of people don't yeah. have jobs that long, you know, a, a single yeah. job that long. And, <laughs> uh, but to be able to have that support as well from them, because um, yeah, obviously you couldn't, you couldn't do a lot of things that you do without yeah. their backing. And uh, exactly. Well, so. gosh, that's great. So um, we've talked about uh, your injury. I've got a list here. I'm, I'm going off. We've talked about your injuries. We talked about, uh, your, we don't, your keys no, we don't to want to be those old guys that sit around and talk about our injuries and our, <laughs> me and my wife laugh about this when we go out to dinner because we'll end up sitting there. We'll be eating and we'll see an old couple sitting next to us talking about their latest trip to the doctor. And I'm like, oh, please don't let the guy that's talking about all my, all my aches <laughs> you, and pains. You know that's going to be us, man. You know it. It know. happens to everybody. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, the glory so, days. and That's the... right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Wow. You know, so here, you, you know, you've talked about some ways to, to, that you've given back. You've talked about the special experience, some of the special experiences you've had. Uh, right. I mean, which, which honestly, we could uh, never even scratch the surface on that. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me, what is it like? Because I, I, I just have no, I actually, I've done one NFL game. I've been part <laughs> of other NFL games, uh, just where I, you know, go out and perform for a little bit uh, with uh, the, the uh, mascot here and, and, and the right. mascots. But uh, I actually did a, a Broncos game or maybe two. I can't remember way back before they actually had, uh, miles and right. um and oh i tell you what and i and i did i did football games in college i did football games in high school and things like that which i and i really loved uh gosh i had some really fun experiences um but i gotta tell you um first of all the weather um and and, and all that is 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 interesting it, pre- it presents challenges okay yes and then um but um it's really difficult or i should say it's really a challenge uh one that that i actually had some fairly good success with um but it's kind of a challenge to to be bigger and to project and to to perform in front of you know 
80,000 people. I don't know how many your stadium holds, but I mean, you're on such a, um, a bigger stage, I guess. And, yes. and you're, it's not as intimate as uh, an NBA court. Right. And so two questions for you, uh, before we wrap this up, um, is what's it, what's like a typical day in the life of uh, game day in the life of, okay. right. and then, you know, what's it like, uh, or, or what do you run into trying to, or how do you perform a, 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 to a larger crowd like that when you are a dot on the field? Right. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm getting at. Well, we do. I'll, I'll answer your second question first, and then I'll go back to the first question. But uh, it, we do a lot with our video boards. Video boards help a lot because yeah, we'll they've do, saved us. Like we do, uh, we call it. I'm thinking last year we do a thing called Casey Wolf Karaoke, where it'll be a Bon Jovi song. You know, you got to find the song that absolutely everybody knows to sing along with whether it's you know don't stop believing or you know some of those classics that everybody knows and you know that if you play the song so we go we call it casey wolf karaoke we'll put a little caricature of casey wolf up there on the board and then they'll cut to a picture of casey wolf and i'll have on some like long flowing wig to make me look like bon jovi um or something i'll have my character dressed you know casey wolf dressed up like he's a rock star and then they will put the lyrics to the song up on the big screen. And then they'll have like a little football bouncing along so people sing along with it. And then they'll just keep cutting to Casey Wolf dancing to it, acting like I'm singing. And then they'll cut to different crowd shots. So people be, you know, acting like they're singing into their beer bottles right. as their microphone. So it, it's people love to be on the big screen, as you know. Oh, yeah. And so, but... So that helps to, you know, when you're just a small dot on a football field, those big screens help a lot. And if we do, um, we do a skit where I, you know, slap a guy with a pie in his face or something, we always, you know, we'll, we'll put that up on the big screen or whether it's the kiss cam and Casey Wolf kissing some, you know, uh, there's usually a plant, you know, as you know. <laughs> so, right. but right. so those big screens help a lot in in football to make it a little more intimate and i know you use the big screens in nba and and i'm sure they use them in baseball and hockey as well but so you use a you rely a lot on the big screens to kind of make it oh yeah and then at times you know football stadium's so big i if i'm doing like a little stick down on the field with a you know i'll i'll dress up like a in a police outfit and carry out a box of donuts and then put a put a like a fishing string on the end of a box of donuts and then i'll stand next to the policeman and just kind of act like i'm you know moving the box in front of them you can <laughs> you can do that little stick in in all four corners of the stadium because you know okay the people in this corner the southeast corner of the stadium you know they're watching me pick on the cops there well i can pick up my box of donuts walk down 100 yards and i can do the exact and do it again. same stick and do it again so i can do it in four different corners and then just walk right up to my locker room put my box of donuts back and come up with and you know figure out what i'm going to do next and so <laughs> but that's one of the it. advantages of football you know you can you know do the same stick three or four times and so but as far as a typical i hadn't game, even thought of that that's great <laughs> yeah and then as far as a typical game day 
uh, like if it's a noon game in Kansas City, I usually get to the stadium somewhere around 8.15 to 8.30. Uh, we try to get here before the traffic gets nuts. And if you've ever been to a game in Kansas City, they like to tailgate, which means people line up really early with their barbecue grills and their tents and their smokers and you name it. They love to, they make a day out of it. So you got to kind of beat traffic in or it gets nuts. And so I usually get there about 8.15-ish or so. And uh, I've got two guys that help me out on game day. Um, and so the first thing we do is we head down to the cheerleader uh, table and eat their food. Uh, <laughs> so, first, so we don't get hangry. So the first thing we do is go eat breakfast. And uh, cheerleaders never eat a lot. So we, we go help them clean up what they, what they don't eat. Plenty um, of leftovers. Plenty of leftovers, trust me. Those girls eat like birds, and we we don't we eat a lot. And so, <laughs> and then we just kind of talk through what the day is going to look like. So we, we about nine thirty, we're usually in costume, heading out, getting ready to do tailgate parties. We do a lot of corporate tailgate parties. We've got tents set up around the stadium, and so we know exactly which tents we're supposed to visit because our our. Uh, our uh, marketing department will let us know who we, who they want us to visit that particular week. And so we, we usually do 10, 12, 15 tailgate parties. And then about an hour and 15 minutes before kickoff, we also do a little parade. It's kind of like a, we got the idea, I think from Disney, you know how they do their parade. Uh, oh yeah. Disney. Well, we, we started doing this a couple of years back where we'll do a, a parade around the outside of the stadium an hour and 15 minutes before kickoff. And it's got, you know, the, the we've got a drum line, the cheerleaders, we've got some former players that walk in the parade. And then, of course, Casey Wolf on his little motorcycle or four-wheeler or whatever I happen to be driving that day. So we do kind of a little parade and they hand out beads and everything else. And then once that parade's over, we come back down and uh, the, get ready for, we do a pregame entrance where they introduce Casey Wolf. I ride out on some crazy vehicle, wave into the crowd, and then uh, we'll go back out for the national anthem and the coin toss. And, and then in the first quarter, we spend most of that doing seat delivery. So we'll have uh, people that will be celebrating an anniversary or somebody wants you to bring a you know, bucket of popcorn to their little kid that's having a birthday party or, or do, what we do a lot of is um, wedding proposals. So I've been, <laughs> Isn't that I've crazy? Been my, oh, I bet in my 30, I'm starting my 30th season this year. I bet I've easily helped. And this is no exaggeration. I bet I've helped close to 200 couples get engaged over the years. Crazy. Because we do. Oh my gosh. We do well you know, and maybe more than that, honestly. And, and that's one thing I love about that. I've walked, I think, five women down the aisle on their wedding day. Dressed in my <laughs> costume. I've been best Same man. Here. Probably, probably about, about that many weddings. as well. And so, yeah. but yeah, so the, the proposals are always fun, though, because we'll we'll find out the girl's name. We'll have the, the guy usually also weeks before. So we write the girl's name on a sign. And then on the back of the sign, it says, will you marry me? And it has the guy's name. And of course, what we do is we go straight to the seat location. They tell us, because I have no idea what these people look like. We, I tell them, we strictly go by your seat location. So whatever you do, 
don't move from those seats because it's those two people sitting in those two seats that yeah. are about to get the proposal. And right. So, <laughs> and well, you also so hate to want... get there and have empty seats because somebody yeah. just had to go to the bathroom and, or whatever. That's a long ways know, for yeah. you to go. That's happened more than once, too, where we show up and there's a guy sitting there and there's no girl. And I'm like, uh, nuts. And he's like, yeah, she had to go to the bathroom. So then we, okay, abort mission. We, you know, we hide the sign. We circle back around, do some anniversary drop off. And then we come back again. That's what you don't want to happen. But uh, right. it does happen. But, but yes, yeah, so we help with a lot of proposals. And, uh, and then the big thing now, as you probably know, too, are these gender reveals. And so, it's uh they're a lot of fun it's just it's fun to be able to be a part of you know it's a special day for these people you know whether they're you know getting it, whether it's a wedding proposal or whether they're finding out whether their child's going to be a boy or a girl you know it's just fun to be a part of people's special days and just add to it hopefully so yeah but yeah it, then, it always makes me wonder like where are these pictures ending up you know, right. what house and what wall is this picture on and oh, how yeah. many walls or how many, you know, that you'll yep. never even know, you know, oh, yeah. on somebody's wall. So, yeah. And I did, I've had a lot of, uh, you know, I do all these school programs or whatever I speak at schools, too. I each kid gets a, uh, a promotional picture of Casey Wolf's little, you know, three by five card that most mascots have. But we print up probably at least 80,000 of those a year. And so the number of uh, parents that come up to me like, yeah, you're hanging on my refrigerator at home. And, and so <laughs> I think all these kids haul, haul them home. And if they don't end up in the parking lot at the school, they end up making it onto the refrigerator at home. So, but yeah, yeah. I did a, I did a birth. Speaking of that, I did a birthday party one time for this older lady. And, um, um, so it was, it was a group of, it was an adult birthday party, right. um, and uh go in there and this other lady comes up to me and uh she was a little intoxicated and she goes right she goes and she kind of you know yells or she kind of says my name really loud and she's like i sleep with you every night <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and i'm looking around like right. hey okay so everybody like i'm looking around <laughs> yeah everybody <laughs> understands this right okay yeah, right. yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> So, but yeah, game days are, they're exhausting. It's, uh, you know, games usually about three hours long, unless they go to overtime, which, uh, I don't know if it's any different in the NBA, but mascots do not like overtime. I like to work four quarters and then go home. And yep. So <laughs> I do not like overtime or extra innings when I did baseball, but, uh, oh, that's then, exhausting. Yeah, afterwards we, uh, you know, head back to the cheerleader room to finish off whatever's left in the food department. And, uh, and then, you know, you can either rush out and get stuck in traffic or you can just sit around and chat with your buddies. And so that's usually what we do is we'll stick around and eat and try to let traffic clear out a little bit. And I usually end up back home about 530 in the afternoon and um, sit down to watch Sunday night football. And I usually make it through about the first quarter and then I'm laying on the couch just sawing logs. So. <laughs> Uh, I love it. And, you know, I love how you just described it's a, you know, the, the, it's a day. It's oh, a day, yes. you know, it, it, people think well, with me, yeah. Oh, you know, gosh, all you do is do games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. No, you know, it, when I do a game, it's a full day of, of, yes. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. People just don't realize what goes into all right. that, man. Oh. You know, Dan, we, I need to wrap this up, but, uh, it's, it's just been a, a pure pleasure. I, time has flown by, uh, but it's just been a real pleasure talking to you. I, I love that, uh, you know, we, we talked about some, some different aspects and, and, uh, um, you know, what kind of things you do outside the costume. I, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's just as, or, or more impactful than, uh, what you're doing in costume. So well, my hat's off to you that. and, uh, you have, uh, you know, you have this guy's respect. So, well, I, pr- uh, I appreciate that. And like I said, we try to do things right and, you know, we try to be entertaining, but at the same time, we, we just try to be characters with character and, and, uh, realize that we are blessed and we just get to run around with carpet on our bodies and have fun and, and, uh, get paid back like idiots. That's a pretty good gig. <laughs> it is a very good gig. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you said that too. I, I have to say this before we go to, that reminds me uh, to let uh, people that are trying to get into the business or dabbling or, or whatever. Um, it, just, just know this is, su- this is such a truth. I think across the board <laughs> that uh, when you, uh, when you say character with character, uh, your character, no matter what it is, will always <laughs> shine through. It everything always yep. comes out in the wash, you know. Yep. And and I've seen mascots uh, come and go, and the ones that um, a, a lot of the ones that uh, don't last very long are are the guys that uh, um, just don't have what it takes on the inside. So, yeah. well, brother, hey, I really appreciate this. Um, it's been just like I said, a pleasure to talk to you and. Uh, we need to do this again and promise me that uh, when you finish this book, you'll let me know right away. I want to grab that one as well. If you guys are listening, again, go to danmears.org. That is correct. Okay. And, and I uh, want you to know, I had a lady call me the other day and told me it's the best book she's ever read. That was my mom. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was my mom. She's the only one that's told me that so far. So <laughs> I, I can't promise you it's the best book you'll ever read. I will promise two things. It's got pictures, got a lot of great pictures. And I also promise you that all the money we make off these things, we're giving it away to other people and and uh, all over the world and hopefully making a positive impact with the money. So, Well, that is uh, that is just a great approach on that. And my hat's off to you. I'm going to, uh, that, that has inspired me as well to, um, get going on my book. I have not, I've always wanted to write a book. I've gone to start it a ton of times, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have one out within the next year. And promise, I will, per- promise I will that. purchase yours for sure. My friend, I great deal of respect <laughs> for what you do. And like I said, you've been doing it a long time, and that says a whole lot about your character as well. So appreciate you, and appreciate you having me on your podcast today. Right on, brother. Well, hey, have a great day. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon, and uh, love you, man. All right. You as well. Thanks so much. All right. We'll see you.